All right, you can open your your water. All right, so all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this. I'm hoping that nothing bad happens, but I did drop it before getting it over here. So hold on. Oh God. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Harrison opening water. He okay, but I didn't out. spill it on my lap. I didn't spill it on my laptop this time. Allegedly, not that that happened the first time. Box. <laughs> you're 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 a special 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 talent, Harrison. Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. I think that's our new name, right? That's a that's that, have we made that decision yet? No, it's not. Nothing's official. So this oh. is. I mean, it is the Silver Screen Roll podcast this month because we are rotating hosts, and I am Harrison Fagan. Thanks for introducing me, Anthony Irwin. Mm-hmm. This is actually our normal pairing that we normally do on well, actually Tuesdays. So the day that we're recording today, but this will drop on a Wednesday. So never mind. That didn't make sense. Yeah, that was a good try though. That's why I do the hosting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today's show. Right before you and I were just kind of getting ready for a nice easy day, maybe a couple posts here and there, Shams Karania decided he was going to drop an entire thing on on Anthony Davis's uh, current standing with the New Orleans Pelicans. And a bunch of other rumors. Well, right. So we got that. And then he also dropped a few other nuggets in there, uh, one of them being Jason Kidd, apparently being the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA. Way to go, Lakers, for, for well, that use of Can we resources. just stop and, like, pay respect to – because I've learned, you know, listening to conversations over the last couple of days just how hard it is for some people to negotiate the best deal for their client. <laughs> and, like, can, can we just give a little bit of respect to Jason Kidd's agent for somehow managing to get that? Not just, like, highly paid assistant, the highest paid assistant in the league. I wonder what that even means. Well, so we can get into that on the show when we talk about kid, but I have kind of a guess. I want to know, like, by by you know, by how much is it? You know, is it like a? It's one dollar. It's one dollar. Well, more there there are X. some there are some contracts that have been signed over the course of like sports history that were literally one dollar more than I somebody doubt else. I doubt it's actually one dollar. But be great though, that would be funny. It'd be awesome. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that, and then. Right after, actually, I finished recording the Locked On Lakers podcast, which I do every day of the week. Uh, I finished recording that one with with Pete, and that one, uh, Lionel Hall, uh, Lionel Hollins was was hired to be an assistant coach, and the Lakers now have three former head coaches on their uh, head on their front bench, I guess that which is apparently a priority for them. They want. All former head coaches or as many former head coaches as they possibly can. It's a weird decision, but okay. Uh, so we have plenty to talk about. We have a lot to get into today. You ready? You uh, you uh, all ready for this now that you're properly hydrated and all that? Yeah, I do. I am properly hydrated now. I was like, uh, you had about like you know an hour conversation on the phone before yes. we actually started recording. So um, yeah, it's it's you know I'm ready to go and talk about all of this because for some reason. It is June, early June, for a lottery team, and there is still a lot. There's a lot to talk about. How how do they do this? It's kind of amazing, honestly. I I, I just I don't understand how a team. I mean, part of it's the market. Is everybody wants to report on the Lakers because that's what most people care about, and so the Lakers are probably put under harsher scrutiny as far as reporting. But a lot of this stuff. 
would have been news for any team. Like if the Pistons took three tries to hire their head coach, yeah, you know, it'd be news and that would be all over and we'd be doing a segment called Let's Laugh at the Pistons. Yep. If, you know, if the Memphis Grizzlies had a like that's probably the only way that they would get any attention from reporters is if they had a front office and organizational situation that was as dysfunctional as the Lakers reportedly was over the last couple weeks. Yeah, it's just it's it's wild that a team has that has not been didn't even make the playoffs. We're we're not in the playoffs at all. Nope. Might Breaking. be arguably uh, might have drawn or driven as many headlines as any other team that are currently playing even in the NBA Finals. I can tell you it's driven as many SB Nation NBA headlines as any blog. Good so. Lord. Anywho, thanks, Lakers. I was as any team to... site, I should clarify. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start, though, with the Anthony Davis thing. That, I think, is going to, to draw the most interest and I think is going to evolve over the course of of its coverage more than just about anything else that we're going to talk about today. It already has kind of taken that natural next step, right? There was that uh, report that David Griffin and Anthony uh, Anthony Davis were going to meet and try to hash things out, and Griffin was going to try to convince Davis to stick around. Now they're fielding offers on Davis, which is, kind of sort of acknowledging that yeah nothing has changed but the i think the packaging of this matters yeah no this is this is actually what we talked about the last time that or when you and i were on locked on lakers last week this is something that you and i talked about was mm-hmm. this is the natural and i talked a little bit about it with jacob on the last episode of the silver screen roll podcast but this is the natural narrative progression of something like this when these both sides are trying to rehabilitate kind of the way that they've approached this uh, Mm -hmm. publicly. And so this is why you, and then this is what happens when you have David Griffin and Rich Paul reportedly have a strong relationship, which makes sense considering how well they work together uh, with like clutch sports and LeBron and Mm -hmm. uh, the Cavaliers back when he was there and how upset LeBron seemed to be when David Griffin was not retained. So, um, you know, like that, it makes sense that they would come together and they would have pleasant discussions and be able to kind of have non acrimonious ways of dealing with this. Whereas for like, you have to understand for Dell Demps, I'm not saying that he did a good job because I think he was an idiot to not take the, uh, the package that magic was offering at the trade deadline. But like Dell Demps had all of a sudden Anthony Davis hires a new agent. And then like two months later, he's demanding a trade. So he has this way of like, Oh, well, you're the problem and you're the one that's in the way now. And so I'm not going to give you what you want. And again, I I don't think that that was the smart way to handle it. But again, Anthony Davis and clutch haven't handled this flawlessly in the way that they've approached all this. So it makes sense that you're having this, like they're discussing things and they're behaving like adults and they have a strong partnership and they're going to have great discussions about how to best get what's like, we're getting all the, basically a live read for the new Orleans Pelicans in the middle of this article about like how David Griffin just wants what's best for the organization. And he's going to prioritize how best to build this team and the culture that he wants from the ground up, whether that means trading Anthony Davis or not, no player is bigger than the new Orleans Pelicans esteemed culture that they have now as of like a month ago. So, you know, 
like this is this is how this stuff goes. And then soon we're going to get a report about like the Pelicans have talked to the Lakers and are no longer ignoring Rob Palinka's phone calls. And then that we're going to get a little bit of public negotiation and hopefully it doesn't get as insane this time. And, you know, just for my sake, if anything else. <laughs> and <laughs> and then we're going to get a trade, I think, of Anthony Davis, to the Lakers. I think this happens before draft night. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I, I want Magic Johnson to be on the air when that happens. Like ESPN, just roll them out for yeah, the. I for just the need. I need, a, I need Magic Johnson to be on the air talking about the Lakers when the Lakers land Anthony Davis. It needs. Can you to think happen. of a bit? He he. First of all, he would take credit for laying the foundation uh-huh. and establishing the good pathway of communication with New Orleans, mm-hmm. and really teaching Rob how, what it took to run a franchise like the Lakers. I always knew he was capable of this. Yeah, when he was backstabbing me, that's when I knew that he was somebody worthy of my respect because yeah. this is a shark. Uh-huh. Um, can you imagine how like a bigger disaster, just as an aside, than like Magic Johnson and Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbon doing the draft, like not knowing half the players and. <laughs> It's not that different from uh, NBA players who, who uh, talk fair. about this stuff. Fair. But I, I want to go back, though, to to the packaging because this tells me everything. I, I agree with everything you said a second ago. But but as importantly as anything, this just this tells me that there are adults in the room at this point, because yep. I don't yep. I don't I don't think Del Demps. I, I am here to criticize his handling of everything. I, I am here to say that he was stupid not to take that deal back at the. Did trade. I say I wasn't here for that? No, no, no. I said like that. That that I meant like that wasn't my overall arcing point. But yes, him and the Pelicans handled that very stupidly and spitefully. Yeah, I get, it, and that's what he gets. Like he's now unemployed. I hope he's on the air yeah. too. Fuck it. I go. <laughs> I honestly don't. I, Del Demps was evidently not like. I mean, you and I have heard that he was not really driving those trade negotiations. Yeah. I, I also don't think he was. He, I don't think he was really empowered to make those decisions. Yeah, I don't think he was allowed to make that trade. And now, like yeah. technically speaking, maybe he makes that trade. I don't think the Pelicans. Do you think they get worse than they were last season? Like after that trade, if they trade for. If they trade Anthony Davis for like Lonzo Ball, and no, because they were playing better without him because of the yeah. morale boost they were getting, and they'd have players that were healthy and able to play more than like halves of games. Yeah. So, do you think they still wind up with the first overall pick? Do you think they they finish the season where they finished last year? I mean, probably close to it. So probably not because they might. Who knows where who knows that would? Have, now that we go. know where the lottery balls landed, mm-hmm. maybe not. Because yeah, they are we have are we reading? Exact... Are we reading this like based on the book version of Fate in Game of Thrones, or are we reading the show version of Fate in Game of Thrones? I don't even know what that means. Me neither. I just sounded smart. I to sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I, I think. You know, this also, it's also fair to bring up, you have to, in order to be fair, you have to bring up, like, how much easier it is for them to make an Anthony Davis trade now that they know they're getting Zion, right? That's, it makes it a lot more feasible for them to to do this. So it's a lot easier for the people involved to be, to hold themselves like uh, adults here. Uh, Gail Benson now is dealing with uh, David Griffin, whom she hired, and 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 offered full autonomy to you know so they they're still in their honeymoon period as well and 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 how they're working together with each other so there are a a bunch of reasons why it's easier for everybody to be more mature about this but at the end of the day everybody now is being more mature about this and 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 it tells me like 
when when we got the reports first that Davis and and uh, Griffin were meeting in the first place, and the first report out of that wasn't Davis spat at Griffin all kinds of insults about whatever this that and the other right i thought you were gonna say literally spit on him like (laughs) that would have been one way to get traded real quick right yeah so like once we once we got we didn't get any kind of you know over the top report about griffin is still absolutely against the very idea of coming back to new orleans never rich paul threw a table during the during the dinner yeah just flipped it at least, at least we didn't get that. So I thought that was progress, and and all of this progress that we're seeing in the packaging of these leaks and of these reports, like it matters deeply to the Lakers because they're going to be having to work with and they're going to be having to convince a team to to do something they don't want to do. Nobody wants to trade Anthony Davis. Nobody in their right mind would want to do this, right? Let alone trade Anthony Davis to a city that he wants to go to, right? Yeah. That is that's the, human nature. Yeah, like nobody nobody wants to do that do do that guy the solid. So also just from a negotiating tactic, like they have to play this out and act as if the Lakers don't have the best package because I think to you and I it's pretty clear that right now they do. they have the best package most likely. Yeah. Like unless yeah, like everyone keeps talking about like oh the Clippers are a dark horse with Shea Gilgis Alexander and whatever like yeah. no. The Nets are a dark horse. Like, come on. Are you si- – really, the Nets? That's what we're, – we're just going to lie to ourselves Yeah. right now. Like, I really like Rodian's Curix or whatever. How are, I have no idea how you pronounce that name. You know, like, come on. Isn't, not... Rodion, isn't Rodion a, uh, a a Pokemon? I honestly don't know. Is that Raytheon? Maybe. I don't know. Or is that a – Raytheon is like a weapons manufacturer. So, so it's not Raytheon. <laughs> Like airplanes or something. I don't know. <laughs> this is really showing how little we know about anything outside of literally basketball, anything, which else. we don't even know that much about that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm I'm with you 100. percent The the posturing that's been going on right now is I, I referred to it with Jacob as like the Knicks package is tra- is like catfishing. They're like, oh well, we have all these former first round picks and future first round picks. You know, it's like, but then yeah. you look at who the first round picks are, and it's like really Tilakina. Wesley really? Wesley Johnson is is What's also the, a former first round pick. Yeah, like the guy that looks like what did you call him? A human thumb? I forget his name. Um, <laughs> did I call somebody a human thumb? Yeah, you did. You called somebody on the Knicks that. Did I really? I think it was the rookie. Was it Knox? Yeah. Oh, he does kind of look like the thumb. Like if you yeah. bend it backwards. A little. Yeah. I, I don't want to be mean, but because like you know, you could ever people can people make fun of my appearance all the time, well, um, and and you and you respond by wearing a fedora. It's true. <laughs> I showed them um, the Celtics. Like if we go through this, you know, like Kyrie's leaving. I think that's clear. Yeah. Can you imagine if he resigned? That would be a disaster. But he's not going to resign. And so, are the Celtics really going to put everything into the table? Even if they did, like you and I talked about, it's not we're not convinced that that's a better offer than what the Lakers have at this point. But even if they did, like they probably won't even put all of it onto the table. So, is that a better offer? And at what point are you taking a worse offer? You're you're like cutting off your nose to spite your face. That's why this was always the logical direction for this to go in that he ends up on the Lakers because it's not just that it's his preferred destination, it's also that they have the best assets yeah. and so i think you know they're gonna see if they can get rob palinka to do the magic johnson thing and offer everyone 
But like, I don't think that I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen at this point. But even if he did, I, I think you say going into free agency, that's probably still worth it for Anthony Davis. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know who uh, Del Demps could probably learn from or, or the, the Pelicans could probably learn from in, in all of this situation? I don't know. Are you going to reference something else that you don't actually like know the name of or the the San Antonio Spurs? I think I know oh. those guys. But yeah. the San Antonio Spurs took a lesser offer just so that just so that they wouldn't send Kawhi Leonard to one of his preferred destinations, right? Whether yeah. we think that was going to come from the Lakers or any other team, the Spurs were st- stubborn about this and yeah, they well, gifted that was spite and Pop not wanting to coach a bad team, but either way they took Costco, Kobe and like the like the Raptors worst young worst young prospect. Right. And and gifted Drake a a, a trip straight to the finals. So like if you're if you're well, let's be real, Drake would have been there regardless. Yeah, that's a fair point. I can't <laughs> believe he has a, a KD tattoo. What? How much would it take for you to get a tattoo of another man's name? It's not his name; it's his number. That's different. It's the same thing. It's synonymous. I, honestly, I come pretty cheap. Like if it's on my arm, <laughs> that's not going to cost you that much. Dang. I'm not going to. All lie. right, now I got to try try to figure out if it's worth it to me to get like to get you to get like Anthony on your arm. I mean, like you got to come to me with a compelling offer. But bucks. No, it's more than a hundred bucks. Come on, I have some self worth. Three hundred dollars. No, it's going to be at least a couple thousand. Couple thousand? Yeah. All right. I'm going to start saving. Okay. <laughs> I'll do this. This is going to be – we can record a podcast while I'm getting the tattoo. <laughs> I'm going to like – it's going to be my signature. This is going to be great video content. My signature on your on your arm. Wouldn't How did the, we get here? Wouldn't a tattoo needle like break your arm? Maybe. Only one way to find out. Only you got to pony up the cash though. Uh, the next thing, the, the next aspect of, of all this that we need to talk about here is, from the Lakers' standpoint, how to how to proceed, right? How do they how do they move forward here? What's a decent offer? All of these kinds of things. I I, I think it's pretty straightforward, though. Don't piss them off. Just do whatever it takes. Don't, Just don't be piss like, them hey, off. well, don't worry, we have a compelling offer for you. Here's Josh Hart and Lance Stevenson. We'll yeah. sign and trade him to you. Right. You know, like, don't do the, like, whoever, I forget what their original offer was, but it was laughable. Yeah. Last year. Like, don't do that. Go into it. Be honest with it. Tell them, you know, here are young guys. Pick your favorite. Maybe start with two, like, or three, say, you know, yeah. and then you got to work it because you never offer, like, the whole thing right up front. Mm-hmm. That, that's just not how it works because people aren't honest with each other when they're negotiating. Um, so, you know, you, but go into it with a respectful offer. Say, what would you like? us to offer you for Anthony Davis, stuff like that. Here's my concern about the Lakers not pissing off the Pelicans in this situation. Is it the widespread reports that Rob Palenka pisses off everyone that he talks to? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's that Rob Palenka, like, can't help but piss people off. It's like, well, I will tell you, I have this signature from Heath Ledger when Kobe met him. It's a signed Kobe Bryant jersey by Heath Ledger. Uh, that I will throw into this trade offer for you, David Griffin. Do you think he just wrote Heath Ledger in cursive? Yeah. Like, absolutely, right? Or maybe he used his left hand just in case yeah, somebody I mean, saw I don't know. his. Somebody that is like, I mean, I guess it's possible. I don't know. I don't want to get into the did Rob Palinka lie about the Joker thing, but we have <laughs> all of these mounting reports after reports yeah. after reports that there are people, even within the Lakers, that do not trust Rob Palinka. So yeah. this is where you start to worry. 
is his history as an agent where like you and I talked about, I think uh, on a podcast before, how negotiating as an agent is different than negotiating as a team executive because, you know, there's less possible partners for you to negotiate with. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you are not necessarily the commodity anymore. Like when you're repping a superstar player, they're the commodity. That's a different type of negotiation than trying to get something from someone yeah. versus like being like pay us all the money because we are one, a top five, top 10 player in the league. And Rob Polinka represented players other than that. But it's just it's a different thing to be making to do trade negotiations than to negotiate salary. And it's like less cutthroat. And you have to be kind of genial with these people on some level because I, and you, you can listen to GMs talk about this on like a Woj that it's always been something that's interesting to me on his podcast. When these guys talk about it, like, of course they want to get the best deal for their franchise, but the, a lot of the best ones talk about how you can't go into it. Like I'm going to fleece these guys because right. if you keep doing that, then no one's going to trust you or want to negotiate with you anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with all of that. And, uh, and you know, it, at least there are other examples other than Kobe of him negotiating really well and not pissing people off. You know, like he definitely wasn't fired by Andre Drummond, right? He definitely didn't fleece the, the Cleveland Cavaliers as he was representing uh, Carlos Boozer who went back on a verbal commitment and then went to Utah. There's no. mixed reporting on whose fault that was, though. Like there, it's, there have been some people that have written that Boozer was the one who actually did. It. Palinka tried to stop him from doing that and said, "Look, this and and step down because of it." Was like it Kevin Ding? Was it Kevin Ding who did that reporting? I don't, I don't remember. No, this was like at the time. This was <laughs> no, back. I know, I know. I mean, you know, he like he did a good job. Like James Harden and the Rockets seem happy together. He was Harden's agent. He was, but that was another you like know? top five player at the time. Yeah, that's true. Not not no, top five, not top not top five player. at the time, but like a top fifteen ish player. He was definitely a max player, but like yeah. his, his the examples of of Palinka negotiating for non top fifteen players isn't isn't spotless, is what I'm saying. No, and so in those situations where he actually does any kind of actual negotiating, not spotless. Don't Palinka. There's no way you're listening to this right now, but Rob, please don't piss somebody off here. Like, just, just be normal. No stupid biblical stories. No ridiculous, you know, anecdotes from times that you massaged Kobe's shoulders while he gave incredible advice to Ron Artest. Not, just, just, just please, just be normal. Be, like, be relatively normal here. We know it's not easy. You just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send an intern. Like I'm just not, like jot down a couple I'm notes. I'm not normal on a day-to-day -day basis, but I have to fake it sometimes. Every okay? so often, yeah. Like every so often, just hold a conversation like a human being. Like just, it's not everything isn't an Aaron Sorkin script. Like you just, yeah. you can David just Griffin's say gonna yes pick or up no. The phone and Rob Link is going to be like, well, I just want to start off today, David. Can I call you David? David. <laughs> As Today is a momentous day, and I am so grateful that you've chosen to given me to give me some of your Click. time because I, you know I'm just me. discussing a superstar player and the opportunity to acquire one is truly an incredible opportunity and one that I do not take lightly. The person we're trying to reach on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> This reminds me of when I was negotiating Kobe's extension, and he asked me to talk to Heath Ledger, even though he was dead. And I arranged. Hello, a hi. Yes, this is uh, so and so calling to say that David Griffin has has just signed a restraining order against you. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. <laughs> it's 
just gets progressively more ridiculous. David Griffin has sent the mountain over to uh, over to uh, L.A. Lakers offices. We're gonna I've take... been reading The Alchemist, and it's made me think that I can turn my trash into <laughs> your treasure. It's going. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the other stuff that happened around the Lakers, including Kobe, like texting Stephen A. Smith potentially. Hey, no, I was never at practices. Get my name out of their mouth. I'm a little bummed that you didn't do that as like Chris Krager while we were talking. I yeah I I couldn't get all the way there for some reason today. Yeah, so it's fine. I have a headache too. I was I was having a hard time getting into character. It's hot in this room. Is my problem. David Griffin. This is literally <laughs> yeah. the greatest trade package you're going to hear about today. Lonzo Ball is a top thirty-five point guard <laughs> in the league right now, and. I think Lonzo's better than that. Nobody, please don't come for me. I'm just... Lonzo Ball is literally in the top 30 of NBA point guards. Yeah. Literally. No, it would definitely... I like how you said, David Griffin! (laughs) 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 Gotta call everybody by their full name at once. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's get back and focus here on uh, the real news of the day. Kobe Bryant, once again, Oh, saying, I definitely thought the real news... Okay, we're saving kid? All right, let's oh, talk yeah. about Kobe. No, I'm not going to joke about that. But right. uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about really quickly, because... So I asked, you know, every every single week, I we get questions for, for my other show about the Lakers and stuff, and one of the questions was if Kobe could be an asset in trying to sign Kawhi Leonard. And my thing there is, like... like at, how long do you think, like, it's going to be 2047. Cockroaches will have died off. Nothing will be left on the face of the planet. Yeah, according to some studies that came out this morning, that may not be far off. <laughs> Nothing will be left on this planet. We're going to be on, on, on the hellscape of hellscapes. And still somewhere, somebody's going to be asking if Kobe can save the Lakers. Yeah, when, on Mars. When are, we, when, when are we letting this go? Like, how, how explicitly... Does it have to be literally explicitly? Will Kobe have to go on a statement a... from the desk of Kobe Bryant? <laughs> will he I'm have not to... back. Will he have to literally curse in a statement about the Lakers for people I... to drop it? See, I don't. I understand why people want it. Like Kobe is the last vestige of like like of a good time. With the Lakers, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like Magic before was the white knight coming in like on his white horse to save the Lakers and save the kingdom and whatever because he was Showtime and he was this great leader of men and all of this stuff. And that is gone now because now everyone has to be like, oh, well, I always said that this was a bad idea, even though most of you didn't say that at the start. Um, unlike Anthony, I have to give you some credit. Thank you. Uh, so like Kobe is – the last one where people can go, well, if they have to hire former Lakers, like, why can't Kobe come back? Like, he was a great player. All these current players seem to like him and look up to him. Why can't he come back and recruit some free agents and stuff like that? And there's even been you know, mixed reporting on, like, him talking to Kyrie Irving about mm-hmm. playing for the Lakers and things like that. So maybe he is doing some of that stuff. But, you know, he made it very clear. And, to you know— we have to go back a little bit. Yesterday, Lance was Lance Stevenson was leaving LAX airport. It looked like, and, and um, 
he was being kind of tailed by a TMZ reporter. I encourage you to not go watch the video because I don't really want to send them engagement. But if you must watch the video, it is illustrative of why I'm not the biggest fan of like TMZ and the way that they do things. And Lance was like very clearly trying to ignore this guy and just doing that thing where like when somebody annoying you is asking you a bunch of questions, Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, yeah, man, for sure. Definitely. And then you go back to looking at your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, He was doing that whole thing. And it was kind of clear that he was messing with the guy. But then as he was getting into his car, the guy was like, so like Kobe, any thoughts on like him coming back and fixing things, whatever? And Lance just kind of looks at him and he's like, oh, yeah, he's a practice all the time. (laughs) And it's like, and they took that as like Kobe Bryant is at Lakers practices regularly. And I was, I was talking with some people yesterday. I'm like, there's no way that this is true and hasn't gotten out yet, right? Like, we're like, because I didn't oh, want to yeah. aggregate it if it was fake. And you know, like they all said, like, yeah, that that would be news to me if he was. And then lo and behold, Stephen A. Smith. It comes out today and says that Kobe, you know, he talked to Kobe and Kobe said that he was not at any Lakers practices, I think was the exact phrasing. Yeah. No, I, I can pull it up uh, while we're talking. but And why would he be? Like, you know, I know Palinka is his former agent and whatever, but Kobe has very clearly th- said that he wants to distance himself from this stuff. He doesn't want to run a basketball team. He's focused on his storytelling. And if he – like – Kobe is probably too smart to step back into this. He can be remembered as this legend that everybody wants to come back until you do and you aren't perfect. And he knows, I think, he's smart enough to know how hard this would be to fix everything that's been wrong. Quote, this is from Stephen A. Smith. I spoke to Bryant yesterday. He says, quote, I have never been to a single practice. (laughs) Those were his exact words. He called him Bryant? Uh, No, no, it was was in Bleacher Report. So I would imagine he said, I spoke to him yesterday. Those were his exact okay. words. Obviously, there's going to, to uh, there's going to be people who believe he's lying. Which, like, if you if you think Kobe is now lying about Lance Stevenson's lie, like, just let it go. But anyway, uh, I'm going to take him. Yeah, at his like word. if it was Broussard saying that Kobe had texted him this, I'd be like, well, you know, like <laughs> I'm not so sure about that anymore. But was it was it a text or an IGDM? It's- uh, I don't have yeah, any proof well, we that he's. Get into that. <laughs> I don't have any proof that he's lying. Number one, number two, it's pretty easy to to dispute uh, to disprove, and that's your first point, right? That if Kobe, anytime Kobe, like if Kobe just like wears a purple shirt, the Lakers send that out in a tweet, right? Yeah. Like if 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 Kobe just like happens to to call a play for his uh, daughter's AAU team. That as like triangle, it's a it's a Kevin Ding story. Like the next morning, right? Kobe's holding out. He's like, I will come to practice, but you have to have LeBron take a selfie with me and post it on his Instagram. It's like such an honor to meet the goat emoji today. Yeah, and and that's why it hasn't happened because LeBron doesn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not real. To be clear, but yeah, I again, I I. I don't quite get it in the same way that you do. Like, I think you did a good job of contextualizing why people want to do that. But it's that they just same want like, something good. They want somebody who seemed to know what they're talking about in the past you in know, charge. You, they want someone they can have faith in. But, you know, you know, what's you know, what's better than that? Somebody who's actually good. Yeah. Right. Like, I would much rather have I would much rather go through the process, even if it's boring, which like, fine, I get it. Like. You don't want fandom to be boring, but a lot of times, like, the best process here is something that bores most people to tears. Setting, setting out, the, casting out a wide net and, and 
and finding all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds and 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 then going through interview processes that that involve more than you know hey you're sitting next to me at this time hey you have a a a, a huge brand or or whatever like yes that stuff is really boring but those types of boring things is kind of sort of what the Lakers could use right now like they could use a little boring I could my own sanity could use a little boring me too but <laughs> counterpoint. That is not the Lakers process. That has not been the Lakers process. Yeah. So if you're looking at it of it has to be a former Laker, would you rather have it be Kobe or would you rather have it be Kurt Rambis? God. I swear to God, Anthony, if you say Rambis, like. <laughs> why is he the guy? <laughs> like, why? Why is it that? Like, why couldn't it be – you know who I'd rather have? Which former Laker I would rather have in charge of this stuff? I would love to hear it. Jerry freaking West. Yeah. Like, you want to you do the whole, like, former Laker savior guy? Well, There's your guy. I, we all know that Jeannie and Jerry are not on the greatest of terms, and yeah. so that was never going to happen. Never. All right. Uh, let's move on to Ryan Hollins and Jason Kidd now being – Lionel Hollins. What I say? Ryan Hollins. <laughs> you know it's bad? I told myself not to do that. I literally, before the show, wrote down or told Although, myself, hey, don't do who that. Who knows? Maybe Ryan Hollins joining the staff. They're just going to corner the market on Hollins's. Hey, uh, no, he's not a former head coach. He has to get. He has to become a head coach, suck, and then, and then get hired. <laughs> to be fair, Hollins had his moments. He was all right. In 2013. He was, he was all right. It was an antiquated team that succeeded because, like, the, the league hadn't fully grasped they the pace and pace. They exploited a market inefficiency, I think, yeah. too, in that they had, like, these uh, – you, you can't do that unless you have two bigs that are, like, expert passers and, like, really – both really strong defenders and all that stuff. Like, they had literally the perfect roster to play that style. Yeah, and still got ran off the floor because math freaking matters. Yeah, three is more than two. Uh, so anyway, so Hollins gets added. Lionel Hollins gets added. Him and his uh, crooked <laughs> fingers get ho- hired uh, to the Lakers coaching staff, which is now Frank Vogel, Miles Simon, uh, Hollins, and Jason Kidd. Yeah, not 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 exactly expiring or inspiring, but not exactly like laughable. I guess. No, it's like. It's an okay group, I guess. Like Hollins, I'm like I'm fine with Hollins as an assistant. Like if they would have hired Hollins as a head coach, I would have been a little taken nervous. aback. Yeah. Um, but like Hollins having experience as a head coach is a valuable thing, and that is by all accounts something that they're targeting in their head coaching search. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that very clearly has gotten the respect of players everywhere he's gone, mm-hmm. especially in Memphis. Those guys talked about him like they would take a bullet for that guy. Yep. And like you need assistants like that. You need assistants that are very player-friendly. The players feel like they can go to if they have an issue with the head coach that are not Jason Kidd. Um, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... So and like he he has he's had historic like amounts of success like with his defense. I am the part of this that worries me is that you have Simon who is supposed to be a player development guy. You have Kid who if he has a like what we call a strength, it has been on the defensive end. Even though obviously like that got exposed his last couple of years in Milwaukee, but the only the play the area where he's had success has been on defense. 
And you have Hollins, who has made his bones on defense. And Vogel, who the criticism of him when he was hired was maybe this guy is not the best offensive tactician. I think I believe out of coaches over the last so-and-so years, only Luke had optimized his players worse per B-ball index like mm-hmm. rankings. So, like, again, progress. But And he Vogel has said all the right things about what he learned during his time off and all of that. But you got to show me on the floor. And you got to show me that you know how to – it's one thing to say – well, I want to build offense from the outside in and I want three point shooters and like I want to dribble penetrate to create threes and all that stuff. You have to you have to run stuff that allows that, those plays to come into, you know, to come in being naturally and that gets those types of smart shots. And until you've done that, it's fair to have skepticism about it. So they need an offensive tactician is basically my long winded point. I agree completely. There's no way to disagree with that, to be completely honest. Uh, I kind of understand well, why I actually, that I, people did disagree in wow. my mentions and said Jason Kidd is that guy because Anthony, don't you know that he was a great floor general as a point guard? Good Just point. ignore everything that he's done everywhere else. Good point. Uh, it was it was good offensive. It was his his uh, his schemes were offensive. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'd be fine with that. But but yeah, I I do think the reason why they might be taking their time here is because they don't know what kind of team they're going to have. Right. So if you're gonna if you're going to hire an offensive tactician, maybe you don't want to design your offense quite yet until you know whether you're going to have Anthony Davis, whether you're going to have Jimmy Butler. Some guy That's a weak excuse to me, though. You can design that stuff. You'd have plenty of time. I agree. Yeah, I agree. before training camp. But I'm saying I'm saying the only reason why that might not have happened so far. Yeah. Like it, it, and 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 like you said, it's not necessarily the best reason. Right. And if you're a good offensive tactician, it almost doesn't matter what the pieces are because you're going to figure out the best way to optimize those pieces. How great do you think? All right. So here's what the Lakers do to get back at magic. You ready for this? Yeah. They wait for Mike D'Antoni to just finally fully flip off. What's it? Tillman Fertitta. I think is his name. He I think somebody called him tall man for Tata the other day (laughs) on Twitter. And I was I was like almost in tears. So so he finally tells him, all right, enough. You want a different coach? Fine. I'm out. He leaves. Lakers hire Mike D'Antoni. And what was the magic tweet? Great happy days are here again. Happy Mike days D'Antoni. are here again. Yeah. And they, they welcome back Mike D'Antoni to be their offensive. I just uh, wish that Ma- that Ma- Mike D'Antoni had built a Twitter account the day Magic stepped down or like the day after or something and yeah. like tweeted out, happy days are here again. Although his wife did something like that when the like after the Rockets beat the Lakers at some point. Yeah, yeah, but I'd be I. That's all I want. D'Antoni's never coming back. There's no chance. That's all I want, though. I I can still want something. But yeah, you could want it. That dude would retire before he came back here. <laughs> he got treated so poorly by the fans. I know <laughs> they were so mean to him. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of hoping for. And then the last bit of news that we have to get to before we get out of here is finding out that Jason Kidd is the Highest paid assistant in the NBA, which you yeah. said you kind of sort of found what that might mean. Well, so, I mean, you, you got to look at it kind of holistically in the sense that let me like Jason Kidd made. I think let me look at this exact number again. He made report an estimated one hundred and eighty two million dollars in his career just off of playing salary. That's not including endorsements. That's not including his head coaching salaries in the time since then. That's a lot of money. How about and, legal fees? How much like does he have to make up for? Uh, I would imagine that is not insignificant, mm-hmm. although probably yeah, actually it probably is fairly insignificant 
in that level of fortune. Yeah. yeah. Um, and either, regardless, a very wealthy person. Mm-hmm. And NBA head assistant coaching jobs are not well compensated or very glamorous by yeah. NBA standards. Like, obviously, there's a lot of people that would kill for those jobs, but they're a big-time commitment. Uh, like, so Magic Johnson is not a candidate. Um, <laughs> and they don't make a lot of money by NBA standards. Again, they, like, they live well, but not by NBA standards. And so to get a guy that has made that much money and has, by all accounts, the level of ego that Jason Kidd has um, in a competitive league where guys, you and I talked about this last week, where guys like want to say that they're making more money than their opponents and they want to say that they are the highest paid player in the league. Jason mm-hmm. Kidd was a player in that league and he's a competitor. He probably wanted to be the highest paid assistant so that he could have that out there and be like, well, yes, I am an assistant, but I'm the highest paid assistant in the NBA, which is evidence of my value rather than being a demotion. Mm-hmm. And here's like, what you so say to that, though. OK, go be the highest paid assistant somewhere else. They apparently very much wanted him to the point <laughs> that they let negotiations break down with their originally preferred candidate and went with a guy that wasn't even on their first list of candidates. Right. So they very much wanted Jason Kidd. We don't know how much they're paying him, but I, I, I wasn't able to find who the highest paid assistant in the NBA was before this. But I was in my like quick research this morning. But. Tyron Liu, when he was the associate head coach of the Cavaliers, was a four-year deal worth six and a half million. <laughs> and so, like, imagine if they gave Jason Kidd the exact deal that Tyron Liu wanted, but they would not give him. They would not. You, they, with the Lakers, they gave him a five-year deal yeah. worth like however much. Yeah, I don't think that is what happened here. But like Vogel come Vogel just sees a payroll spreadsheet one day open in the office. What He's like, the wait, hell? why is Jason Kidd making three times the amount I am? <laughs> Jason Kidd walks up to him, calls him a broke ass. Yeah. I'm going to take your job here in a bit. It's not even worth stabbing you. He walks in. What's up, rookie? This is a great gig. <laughs> you have to talk to the media three times a day. I'm going to go get lunch. Hey, Frank, go get me coffee. Um, all right, so here's my thing, and and you know, not to segue just immediately right into like you know, soapbox or whatever, but when you offer somebody more money than any other person is making in that industry, you are therefore kind of sort of saying that that person is overqualified to do that, right? He literally could not get a job at his former college right now. Well, because he didn't – I think part of that was that he didn't graduate college. Sure. And there's So like he's rule. literally not qualified to work in a lesser industry than, than the one that you just – Well, but in. a lesser industry that has – some would say stupid restri- – like how much does a college degree help you coach basketball? I'm not. I'm not stumping for Jason Kidd to be Berkeley coach or saying that that's like a tremendous oversight on their part. But I think that – I honestly think that that is a stupid rule. It is a stupid rule, but it's still a rule that is is applying here to to somebody who you're saying is overqualified to hold the position that you just paid him to to do more than any other person is getting paid in the NBA. Yeah. That's wild. You know, and and by the way, and, well, like, and like what was his leverage? I guess his leverage here was I'm just not going to coach. I'm going to sit at home because and sit and count my money. But like then, why do you want him so bad? Like they're right. willing to pay him more than I mean, I guess you, on one hand you can say we're the Lakers, we you know we'll make this back in one game, so it doesn't really matter to us. But on the other hand, like 
where has that spending power and willingness <laughs> to spend been the last several years? Like they just needed the right candidate to come along to open up the pocketbooks, I guess. Well, I don't know. I'm glad and we're talking about like the right candidate thing here. Is it like what is this? Is it is it literally just like is is your priority uh, is your prioritization so high that you have to make sure that this dude is willing to to sell out his his colleagues here? Is that so important to you that you're willing to pay this guy who was not a good head coach? who uh, was not good to work with, not fun to work with by, by several accounts over the course of his career, also has this actual criminal history, right, that you're dealing with. Like, all of these things, it's just like, this is the, this is the hill you're going to die on, Lakers. This is where you're going to go. They've talked up the Lonzo thing as the reason for hiring him, but that does, to me, you're also like simultaneously dangling Lonzo in trade talks. That doesn't make sense to me logically as a reason. The only way that this makes sense to me is as a way to tamper with Giannis or a way to entice Giannis in like two years. Okay. That's the only reason that you value him this much. And I'm not saying that that's a good reason. I, that's just the only reason that makes sense to me. But the problem, the problem with even that, though, is that like Giannis's team got better as soon as Kid left. Yeah, but how much does that matter if he likes Giannis? Like, Anthony Davis still loves Monty Williams, even though, like, Monty Williams, by all accounts, was, like, was not that great of a coach. Well, he was there, and Lionel Hollins has been – or not Lionel Hollins. Um, Alvin Gentry. Why Alvin Gentry has been a better uh, coach. I got, like, Lionel Hollins on my brain. No, I – that's – I guess it, the thing that bothers me here is that the Lakers seem to think we won't notice that Kidd is, is definitely the guy if and when – Frank Vogel gets fired. Like that we're just gonna we're just gonna forget all of these things and then Kid is gonna be made the the interim head coach or God forbid the actual head coach whenever Frank Vogel gets fired and we're just gonna be like, Oh, oh he's yeah, gonna be the actual head now. coach. It's it's not gonna be interim. He's gonna be the actual head right, coach. Yeah. But that but that's my thing here is that like they, they seem to think that we're so stupid that they can continue to piss on our heads and call it rain. And it's just that that's not how this works. We all have we all have like some critical thinking ability here. It's just crazy to me that this is the, this this organization is a multi billion dollar industry, and it seems like people who are you and I would be better running this or uh, this industry than the people who are in charge of it. Well, and it's like, what level of respect does that show Vogel? And are you like, are you poisoning the well for him further? Because not only was this already going to be, you know, people are already going to speculate about the kid dynamic and whatever. But now you're giving Vogel literally the exact same setup that David Blatt having had in Cleveland, where this guy that you interviewed for the head coaching job, in that case, Tyron Lue, in this case, Jason Kidd, who is the latter has proven to be much more power hungry. Um, and you, you're giving this guy that you're like, well, I really, really like him. I want to keep him around when because we interviewed him to be head coach, but we're going to keep him around as an assistant for now. But we'll make him the most highly paid one in the league. Yeah. It's not. I just. I don't know. It's, it's like you're setting it up, and I, I think that you're you're almost setting up Vogel for failure on some level. What do you mean? Because almost. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Jason Kidd has changed, Anthony. We under don't know. under what circumstances is this like a tenable situation for Frank Vogel? Exactly. I don't know. Maybe Jason Kidd just like doesn't <laughs> want power anymore and has completely changed his personality from how he's been everywhere else. That and he just maybe really big Frank Vogel fan. Just Kidd tons walks of in. He has like dreadlocks, wearing like super baggy jeans, big pothead now. Just Mr. yeah, he's Peace. like more more peaceful Jason Kidd. <laughs> like, peaceful look, kid. man, what do titles even mean? 
They rehired we're all Jesse Mermies. Together. They made <laughs> Jesse Jesse Mermies is back. Look Jesse Mermies in a Jason Kidd costume has returned. Did Mermies get hired in Sacramento? He did, right? I think so, yeah. What a legend. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast, uh, title pending again. Yeah, we will continue to have episodes with rotating hosts through the draft, and then at that point we will go back to daily episodes heading into free agency because I would imagine there's going to be a lot to talk about. God forbid we get a break. No breaks. In August. Maybe in August. No. Well, if they get the AD tra- trade done before the draft in August, we will. Maybe. So we're going to find out the next that two weeks. Let's make it happen. Jason Kidd is just going to like sit on a corner Griffin. sharpening a knife. And that's going to be one of our articles. Yeah. Lakers head coach brandishes weapon. Lakers head coach Jason Kidd seen polishing knife in background of LeBron James offseason Instagram video. <laughs> 